Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Just watch me love myself, that's all I want, got what I want, that's all I want, I'm not sorry. I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows, and we can't live without them. But we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It with Emma and Claire, a podcast about labor organizing in the entertainment industry. You know, it's so difficult to unionize the Bachelorette contestants because of high turnover and the fact that they, you know, aren't technically employees, but solidarity finds a way. And last night, not for the first time and hopefully not for the last, the show's contestants tried to come together as one unit to meet management at the bargaining table. It was a beautiful moment for unions, but also a brief one. So today we will chart the rise and fall of this Bachelorette union, which quickly fell apart once the men were made aware that they couldn't negotiate to each have a full KD for themselves. Look, these are just the struggles we encounter while organizing for labor rights. And it's a dog-eat-dog world out there. But today we're joined by some great guests. We have the wonderful Charlene Joint and Andy Levine. Charlene's an old friend of the pod. You all know her as well as a Bachelor alum, blogger, and opera singer. And Charlene's husband, Andy, may be new to the pod but not to our hearts. He gives some A-plus relationship advice alongside Charlene on their fantastic podcast, Dear Shandy. Thank wow, you, guys. so kind. Yeah, what a nice intro. Thank, thank you, Thank you guys. for having us. Oh, thank you for being with us. We love your podcast. We love you we love guys. love your podcast. This is going to be fun. I think I texted Charlene last night and was like, I'm so sorry you guys have to talk about this very heavy episode twice, but also... I'm really grateful we're having you guys on. <laughs> yeah, the more the merrier when tackling an episode Solidarity. like this. Solidarity. Exactly. Yeah, we're unionizing right now is what we're trying to say. Podcast union forming. <laughs> yeah. Um, but before we get into the recap, uh, Emma and I just wanted to take a moment to address something that we messed up last week and make a little correction. Uh, we made a couple of jokes about the Grand Hyatt Tamaya where they are filming this season uh, suggesting that the decor was culturally appropriated. Um, and that was sort of a mistake. 
Yeah, we didn't realize, and we're, we're super grateful to a few listeners for pointing it out to us. Um, the resort, which is located on reservation lands in the Santa Ana Pueblo, is actually run by the Tamaya people, the tribe which is indigenous to those lands. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, and we stepped in it with our unresearched jokes last week. So it, it was definitely a lesson for us, and we're grateful to everyone who brought this mistake to our attention. Yeah, so we're, you know, we're glad that the show is bringing some light to the resort, to the reservation lands. Um, That said, you know, the show doesn't have the best history with depicting (laughs) cultures other than like super white bread American. And we haven't actually really, I think, seen any overt acknowledgement of the Tamaya people or culture on the show, aside from it being, of course, a really beautiful backdrop for dates about cowboys um, and certainly you know, making it seem very appealing to me as a vacation spot. Um, But we hope that will change as the season goes on and maybe we'll see some more um, acknowledgement of the people uh, who are hosting this show. Um, And meanwhile, we totally encourage everyone to do what we failed to do last week, learn more about the Tamaya people and their lands. We will have some, a couple links in the, in the show notes. So, Uh, yeah, also, we just wanted to say that we are not going to be discussing the big Rachel Lindsay essay um, in Vulture. We did read it. We have a lot of thoughts about it. And we're actually going to be recording a separate podcast to address that. But it was just too much to tack on to the beginning of this already very full recap. So on that note, um, does did everyone remember that we actually ended on a cliffhanger last week? Because I had fully forgotten but like they are mid fight with Carl when we open. That seems to be the trend now. I mean, when don't we end with a cliffhanger these days? I miss the days where we a ended with a cliff, rose ceremony. Uh, you can't see my quotes, but I, there are quotes here <laughs> over a cliffhanger. I see. You guys can see it. Yes. You mean you mean it's not like a really strong narrative device? Like <laughs> you you weren't you desperate aren't to like, learn more yeah. at the end of last episode. Um, it's hardly even I a was scared. I mean, a, a cliffhanger is literally you're hanging off a cliff. I was scared. <laughs> I, I went to bed scared all week. I've been uncomfortable. You were like, I'm scared that I, in fact, have to spend more of my lifetime thinking about Carl <laughs> and this argument. I'm scared. Which they uh, did, by the way. The whole first 10 minutes, I feel like, were dedicated right back to the exact same spot where mm-hmm, we left off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a Carl-heavy episode. I guess we're not the only people who tend to forget what happened on the last week of The Bachelorette um, as soon as the episode is over. Um, So they do have to spend a lot of time catching us up. A little reminder, Carl is not 100% sure that 100% of the men there are there for 100% the right reasons. And everyone else is like, okay, so why do you keep implying that you definitely 100% know that a specific person or persons is definitely here for the wrong reasons. And it's, it's he's going out on a limb. I mean, the guy is really out there. Impressive. And then he doubles down. Like he does this thing where he's like, I don't I mean, you said it, bro. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, wow. People are getting upset. I get mm, who can no, say he's alternating <laughs> straight denial with completely doubling down. Like he's like, I'm not putting anyone on blast. I didn't throw a grenade. I didn't do anything. But you know what? I don't know. I think I want that guy to come to me directly, the guy I'm thinking of, the specific (laughs) guy. It's like, so 
you aren't putting anyone on blast or you definitely do have specific information that you are trying to surface right now. He can't pick a story. So it's, it's metaphysical. He's she's really getting into the meta world. Exactly. He's getting to the 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 ontological type questions, right? Like how do we know what we know? Anyone. Where does from where does knowledge derive? <laughs> I haven't taken a philosophy class in a long time, but like I think he's getting somewhere pretty deep with this. Yeah, it's really like Schrodinger's principle. I don't know if you know about that. <laughs> I'm sure these, these girls know about Schrodinger. Yeah. So I can't say Schrodinger's. We're sticklers for pronunciation here. So. <laughs> <laughs> so as this is all continuing, Katie finally comes out uh, looking extremely grim and is like, I can't give any more energy or attention to to this cocktail party. So we're just going to the rose ceremony. She leaves again. Greg, of course, is sent after her by production or the urgings of his own heart, who can say, and finds Katie crying. Uh, she's like, I don't need this insecurity being planted in my heart. And Greg is like, yeah, Carl should just come to us as men if there's a problem and not put that on you. And she's like, thank you. Um, this is counter to her own pro-narc policy, yeah. um, but I'm sure it sounds very appealing at this particular moment <laughs> to have them just work it out in the house. Yeah, I got to say, I'm glad you, you mentioned that because she did invite them to say anything to her. <laughs> and that was honestly the only thing Katie has done so far this season that I wasn't like, mm, like I, that I wasn't completely in agreement with. I agree. Yeah. I think she's doing overall like a great job and I'm enjoying the season. But it yes. is funny to see like her attempt at inviting like genuine uh, tattles uh, <laughs> just completely like turn on her. Like yeah. she's just left like a crying, a crying mess. Yeah. Um, Within true moments, like or maybe yes. let's say an hour or two. Yeah. But... Almost immediately. Yeah. She should have also- specified more like really well-founded snitches only like don't She's come like, at you, me you must have at least three specific pieces of evidence <laughs> instead of zero present yeah instead of zero and like vague claims that you won't even explain to me who you are narking to to me when katie canceled this rose ceremony it was abundantly clear that carl was not convinced but maybe nudged in the direction of telling her what he told her in the first place yeah, I wouldn't be surprised opinion. if production. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be surprised if production was like, "Hey, man, if you're feeling uncertain, you should really like." She asked you. Yes, you should really yeah. tell it to her. Yeah. Although we do see him like working himself up to it in the group a little bit before. If you remember him being like, "I don't know, guys, looking around, do you feel like everyone's here for the right reasons?" <laughs> so clearly, he was pin- pinned as the easiest one to coax into this. No, I was going to say it's such an interesting sociological experiment. You have 27 guys. It's 27, right? Mm, less now, but sorry, fewer Ooh, now. <laughs> sorry, excuse me. And, and but still many men, yes. But it's all like a, a blank slate. It's just 27 people with Y chromosomes. And then suddenly the producers are like, that's our guy. That's our Carl. The Carl comes out of like He the rises to the he surface like, like the cream. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's so Look, fascinating. They, he presents himself are... as the man for the moment. Yes. Yeah, they're like, you're our guy. Yes. We mm-hmm. see what you can do, and we will encourage you to blossom. In <laughs> Look this at role. how Carl reacts to this moment where all the men are furious with him. You can tell he's the right man for this moment. What he does instead of quavering or apologizing is he retreats to another room, takes off his jacket, and begins to shadow box at the walls. You have to take off your jacket. You can't properly get into the full motions of those punches. It's true. Yeah. If your arms are restricted at Absolutely. all. Absolutely. Andy was He's, impressed, by the way, with his shadow yeah, he had good. It was good work. He's been in the <laughs> okay. gym. Okay. That's good to know. <laughs> maybe he maybe he would be a good partner after all. Yes. That's what I look for. Yeah, Katie's made an error. Oh my God, someone DM Carl. He's got the, those bare knuckle brawl moves. Yes. Um, so he's like shadow boxing. He's like, step up and be a man. I'm not here for these guys. Like, come at me, bro. Um, yeah. And he's like, the ones who are just yelling and denying, they have the most to hide. Uh, so deep down, he really still believes. He's like hit dogs out there hollering basically and meanwhile Um, mike is like it's time to unionize he's like we have a queen bee to protect (laughs) which is what unions are for in her colony yeah that's yeah that's actually what unions are for you just a bit of a just like protect the most powerful person that's what yeah (laughs) the union must rise up in defense of the boss yeah like you unionize and then you're like Pro Jeff Bezos. Right? <laughs> You're like, we must protect him. Someone is trying to manipulate Jeff Bezos when he is at his most vulnerable, and we simply won't stand for exactly. it. Exactly. Um, so, oh you know, you guys are on fire this morning. Yeah. Oh my God. You're mixing your metaphors brilliantly. Well, it's we, we really went in on this union metaphor, and then we were like, wait a second. Katie is the boss. Um, so, uh, Katie, though, wants to trust Carl. She's like, I love snitches, so that's a mark in his favor. Seems like a nice guy, sure. I do want a husband who would be looking out for me. Hard to argue with that. She asked them all to be her eyes and ears in the house. So she's like, I can't say all of that. And then immediately send Carl home for coming to me with his concerns about the house, right? She's like, I want to believe Carl. I want to be on the snitch side. And Carl, you know, having responded to her direct invitation by doing this, clearly feels like he's in a very solid position, even though the other guys now hate him. (laughs) So it's time for the rose ceremony. She gets through four roses, David, Hunter, Connor C., and Mike P. And Mike P. is both the organizer and the voice of the union. He accepts the rose, and then he says, this isn't something we want to do right now because of what you've gone through, but we feel as a unit that it's our job to protect your heart. We've come together in solidarity that we think that unfortunately what Carl said wasn't the truth. As a unit, that's what we feel you need to hear. I mean, he's really using the language of labor organizing. He's like, mm-hmm. we're in solidarity. Mm-hmm. We're a unit. We're a collective here. Like, Yeah, he's the Jimmy Hoffa of The Bachelorette. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Katie thanks him. And as he steps back, she says, do you all feel the same way? It's a very uh, mean girls. Have you ever been personally victimized by Carl moment? Mm-hmm. And the men all... Nod. They have been personally victimized by Carl. Um, And at this, she has to take a break. Like, what is going on? 
she has to go consult with her wing women, Tasha and Caitlin. And she's like, I was planning to keep Carl. And now I'm just like, can I keep Carl? After all of the guys were like, we hate Carl. And Caitlin's like, like, it's not up to them. Caitlin's like, it's not a cheerocracy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dictatorship. It's a it's a cheer-tatorship. So I, I have a question for all three of you. Because I didn't quite get this. Do you think that Katie actually did like Carl enough to keep him? Or was she just like, I should keep Carl because it would make the show better? I th- my theory is that Katie is sort of like whatever about Carl, but yes. that she did not want to send him home after he had just kind of like done what she asked mm-hmm. by yeah, that seeming was to bring too. information to her that she was like, clearly doesn't feel that strongly about Carl. I think if she were super into him, she would have kept him. But I also don't think she really wanted to send him home per se. She was just like, he's, he's one of my, he's one of my snitch guys. Like I should keep him. And to be fair, she was going to keep a a bunch of guys from this. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I mean, I always look at this from like the producer production angle too, but I do think that probably 70 to 80 percent of her planning to keep him was producer influenced Mm -hmm. because he would be another week of drama right i think we all know what that rose ceremony would have looked like and what the next episode would have looked like had mike p not done this Uh, yeah i think that's yeah i also as you guys kind of alluded to is a little bit of betrayal probably she felt like she was betraying carl yeah yeah exactly Mm -hmm. like she had sort of asked for this i also wonder if if production ultimately kind of gave her the green light to send him home because they figured like we've sort of juiced what we can out of this like he's peaked all of the other men are vehemently opposed to him and like look we have these other like number two villains that are just waiting right. in the wings that far superior subtler villains no. well yeah, this yeah. is the yeah. thing right like he's a classic early villain they oh, have yes. to classic early villain right they have to balance between getting the drama out of him and ruining her season with out of control drama that is a huge distraction for her or that uh turns the audience against her because it seems like she can't handle it like and katie's got to know that like there's a difference between wanting your season to be interesting because there's stuff going on but also not wanting it to be dominated by this huge feud in the house but also dominated by someone who who doesn't seem to have any romantic chemistry with the lead right interesting right it's not worth it like if she were super into him i'm sure he would have stayed Mm-hmm. But do do we really see Katie and Carl <laughs> together? Like, no. Andy's questions are so sweet. This is the first time he's watching an entire season, by the way. Oh, Char- Charlene, by the way, is gingerly stroking my arm. <laughs> As if I'm, and I'm drowning, man. Not patronizing oh, at all. You sweet, sweet bachelorette. Yeah, like, like I, I'm on my death. I'm on my deathbed. She's just like, it's okay. It's okay. You can go. You're bringing that like childlike insight. You know the 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 new the fresh eyes that were also jaded it's by so this show. True. He yeah, really no, does do that. He said something in our recap of this episode where he called something heavy handed, and I was like. 
yes, it is heavy handed. <laughs> like I kind of lost sight of just how heavy handed everything is. Yeah, because right. you're just like, that's oh, well, just the vocabulary of the show. Yeah, yes. you're like it's all heavy handed. So we right. don't even like acknowledge that it's heavy handed. Exactly. Right. Within the yeah. world of heavy handedness, there are things that are even more heavy handed. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> true. Um, so meanwhile, the men are all really concerned that they're going to lose out on a rose because of Carl. Carl's feeling very confident. He's like, Katie and I are good. I'm getting a rose. I'm not. And you know what? I'm not leaving. You're going to have to get the military to come drive me out. I'm not going to go, which is what you want to hear from a guy you're dating. Um, But Katie returns and it's back to the roses. While he's shadow boxing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. All all extremely comforting, positive signs about future partnership. It's just how you want someone to be handling conflict resolution and anxiety. Um, and when Katie returns, uh, she begins to hand out roses again. Michael, Connor B, Courtney, Trey, Justin, Andrew M, Christian, Josh, Brendan, James. And now we're down to the final rose. And it goes to Aaron, which means that going home are Kyle, John, Carl, and Garrett. Goodbye, sweet John. At this point, they're saying their goodbyes. What did you guys think of this? Um, Carl is shown kind of standing separate from the group with his back to Katie and then walking out without apparently speaking to her. Do we think that's actually what happened? Like, and there wasn't a continuous shot. Like, I'm sure he could have hugged her at some point. Yeah, I bought this in terms of editing because of Katie's reaction when the Mm. door slammed behind him. There was a moment where you saw her kind of like even steal herself as the door slammed. And to me, that was not the expression or body language of someone who had the closure of a goodbye in that moment. Does that make any sense? Yes. Yeah. I completely agree. It was the face of of betrayal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Her reaction seemed continuous from throughout the whole, throughout all the cuts, which was looking very steeled. Yeah. I imagine the reason it wasn't shown in one continuous flow was more likely because there were other cameras in frame. Mm. But I I bought this. Maybe I maybe I shouldn't have, but I definitely bought that he did not say bye to her. It kind of yeah. tracked too. Yeah. Classic motivational speaker. <laughs> He's like, no all the more same. my free services for you. You will have to pay for my next speech. <laughs> ah. God, I would pay never to hear one of Carl's motivational speeches. Same. Actually, think yeah. of how much money you could make from employees to not have to go to like speakers in the office motivational speakers at corporate (laughs) retreats that's what i would i would pay money for that that kind of brings this this rose ceremony finally to a close we move on to essentially this week's episode oh but but to sorry Mm. what do you guys think of mike p's move to have been the guy to speak up yeah the the union leader Mm -hmm. i think it was pretty savvy that the guys didn't want to deal with this level of conflict in the house to I just totally agree. address mm-hmm. it and I, to and I to assemble a coalition yeah. of the willing is very different than you know just like Carl did Going. just charging in there mm-hmm. um, exactly 
I thought I it was that smart. they did it collectively. I thought it was a good move. And the execution I don't think it would, was great too. Yeah, the execution was great. He also didn't say he didn't just speak for himself. He made sure to like make it clear that it was something that they had all talked about and were actually all in agreement about other than Carl. And obviously. Um and yeah, I just thought the delivery was good. And he he didn't actually say Carl needs to go home. We don't want him here. Mm-hmm. He said we, I want you to know, like, we want you to know that as a collective, we are all in agreement that what he said to you was untrue. Yes. And Katie took that and was like, well, then I should send him home, mm-hmm. which I think was the right move. But like, I don't, the way it was delivered was, was. Oh, I loved it. Very good. I love, love, loved it. Because I really do think that the execution really nailed it because what he could have done was pulled her aside and been like, we all agree. But then exactly. it, it becomes another he said, he said thing. It was in front of Everyone. It was fantastic. He changed the course of the next episode based on that. But I also, thought it was so smart. But yeah. also the course of the franchise, because you will see this again. Yeah. And it will, will not be get done. Away. It will not be executed as well. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but Andy oh, actually yeah. thinks that it could serve as sort of like it could prevent a future behavior that could, right. you know, Carl-like behavior because this can happen now. And it will. That's interesting. Everything that happens in The Bachelor happens again. Stupid. That is true. Stu- no, that is, that oh, yeah. is actually 100% accurate. I think that's I think that's true. Like I, I was really as I watched it I was like, can they just do this? Like it's basically all the guys in the house being like, we don't want to deal with this shit and they're instead of just sort of being victims of it mm-hmm. and getting drawn into like little side feuds and which I mean they do on their own later without Carl, but like instead of it just kind of becoming the figure around which all the conflict mm-hmm. swirls, they can all just be like, we opt out of that. No, thank you. It yep. was super Gen Z. I felt a real Gen Z vibe <laughs> about that whole thing. Well, they are They're pretty collective. young. <laughs> they are a pretty young group. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll have more with Charlene and Andy. Okay. So you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. (laughs) So important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options 
like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from article, that lovely chair out on my deck, article, our big console, article, my bed frame, article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we're back. Uh, Before we dive back into the recap, we just wanted to give a quick trigger warning that in this section of the podcast, we will be discussing sexual assaults in the context of Katie's discussion of it on the episode of The Bachelorette this week. Let's dive back in. It's time for the first group date. Yes, the first group. I was like, where are we in this episode? They're just (laughs) beginning the dates. Yeah. Aaron, Courtney, James, Connor B, David, Justin, Thomas, Hunter, Brendan. Oh my God, all these names are just still blurring together for me. Uh, And the date card says, love is about honesty, and I need 100%. And there is no love Katie. Just Just a dot, dot, dot. Passive, aggressive, dot, dot, dot. The men are, like, shaken 
to their core by the lack of love, Katie. They are close reading punctuation like I did when I was reading my ex-boyfriend's texts. Like, how many dots are there at the end of this? How many times is the I repeated? It has to be exactly the right number or he's mad at me. You know, like, they know. They're, because they are, they are that millennial Gen Z cusp age. They're used to close reading punctuation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ironically, also not using correct punctu- punctuation. What do you mean? No, I'm just saying there's a lot of a lot of not good punctuation in texting these days. <laughs> oh, it doesn't. It's not good. Yeah, the punctuation isn't good. It is uh, evocative. There, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's there to create a feeling rather than a grammatical structure. And damn, did those ellipses work? Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh man, just induce anxiety immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very foreboding. It's like it's 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 like another version of K. Yeah, you're just, it's just yeah. your your heart drops or a thumbs up to like something like really impactful that you uh, a good response. Oh, uh, God, you're making me anxious just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, just bringing all that energy that like scholars used to bring to reading Paradise Lost to just the dots at the end of of your texts or date cards. That's that's what like, the 21st century is all about. How much honesty does Katie want? One hundred percent. So so the men, they, they get on their nice button downs. They go to meet Katie. Connor B. I, Claire, you wrote this in the notes. The and I also noted this. Why was his shirt unbuttoned? Not just his shirt. <laughs> so much. His shirts. He wore two button downs open to the navel on this date. Did you guys notice this? We also noticed this. Yeah, I have him flags was... for worse dress. And I like a good deep. I like a good deep V, as you you know. And I was offended by the deepness. This of all V the was too deep. It, it no. reminded me of like the SNL sketch. Oh, totally it reminded me. It Adam was like Sandler. very um, specific subset of like European men you know what i was thinking of i was thinking like lounge singer meets figure skater meets country singer yes 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 that's accurate Mm -hmm. look this is a style choice that um spans several categories (laughs) like none of them particularly positive in my experience yeah i like it i like that we're analyzing his choice of of shirt when he dressed as a cat (laughs) well i did talk a lot about the cat costume to i'm be i've been very i don't know i was i was more disturbed by this than (laughs) in his in his nighttime outfit he you can see like several very delicate layered necklaces peeking out from behind what i want to say though is i kind of love it i mean i i wouldn't dress him that way if i were in charge but like He's just like, I'm not going to wear the Bachelor dude like from a catalog outfit. I have a look. It's very specific. And I've committed to that. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there's something to celebrate about that Absolutely. for me. Why yeah. should men I, all have yeah. to dress the same, you know? It helps that he's so likable, too. Yeah. He's he always... Is, he's, I, you I never can him. predict... You never know where Connor B is going. He's all over the place. <laughs> oh, well, Can't that is something I think that we'll get to talk about in a minute because... We are about to move into the group therapy portion of this date, <laughs> led um, by our good buddy, all, all of our good buddy, Nick, yes, yes. who is just out here bringing his podcast to life uh, on The Bachelor, on The Bachelorette. Did you did you feel that your your territory was a little bit stepped on, Charlene and Andy? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I mean, yeah, he he really ran that group date with an iron fist. My God, I don't. Yeah, and I don't know if I felt like our territory was being stepped on because he didn't really impart any advice. He just sort of that's true. Yeah. He was just it was like, more facilitator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but man, he was very intimidating on what looked like the least fun group date in the history of this franchise. Yeah. Yeah. I really expected yeah. there to be like a platter of donuts and coffee in the corner. Like it was very like support group. <laughs> aesthetic dark room. in our recap we, we kept referring to it as the aa meeting yeah, yeah. <laughs> it exactly. really looked that way really they were like, like exactly i actually. mean what's the difference they just didn't say their name and then that they're an alcoholic that was the only difference yeah it was sim- it was basically anonymous for any crime you've ever committed <laughs> Yeah, they kind of. I was the heart. I was waiting for except not anonymous. Yeah, I was waiting for some real reveals. Like I thought someone was going to confess to a murder. I really thought that the Connor B story was headed towards a murder. Oh, the Connor (laughs) B. Claire and I were convinced that it was going to like an extremely, extremely dark place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why when uh, should I say this? What? (laughs) You can say it. I, I I said, and I and I want this shouldn't be offensive, but I said after his story, I just said, who cares? <laughs> and not not because it wasn't very impactful for him and his life, but the buildup didn't seem like it was just going to be a drunken hookup. Like it really felt like this was going to end with something tragic or oh, yeah. horrific or something yes. that the law might have been. It created a letdown. I had the sensation. same reaction. Well, well yeah. let's let's paint a picture. Okay, let's so they're at talk they're through. in this circle of chairs doing their little meeting nick is like i'm here to hold you guys accountable for the secrets you're keeping from katie that she needs to know before she falls in love with you ghosting cheating wanting to be the next bachelor all those similar things and some of the guys (laughs) share their stories um let's start with connor since we already talked about it and then we can touch on some of the others connor is very emotional. His is the confession we see last, actually. And he's, like, weeping. He says, you know, when when I was around 24, 25, I dropped out of a PhD program. I was working as a full-time musician at a piano bar and drinking for free. I was a He very... was the piano man. I mean, that's pretty cool. I would have liked the story to end right there. Then I would have been more into <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you're like, that seems good enough. Good confession. <laughs> On most yeah, seasons yeah. of The Bachelor, that alone would be a confession. She'd be like, you are a pianist at a piano bar? Like, okay. Um, you're not a country musician, so you can leave. Uh, so... It's basically Ryan Gosling. Like, that's it. End of scene. And he reveals that he was like an angry drunk. He would black out and just say horribly cruel things to his girlfriend at the time and his friends. So he's weeping. He's like, I was an angry drunk. I was blacking out. I didn't remember stuff that happened. And one night I got really drunk. I picked a fight with my girlfriend. I'm like covering my face with my hands at this point. I'm like, he's going to say that he put his girlfriend in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And instead he's like, I picked a fight with my girlfriend and then I went to another party and hooked up with someone else and I cheated on her. And yeah, I like breathed a sigh of relief. I was like, obviously it's not like a good thing to cheat, but I fully was like, wow, he's going to admit to hitting his girlfriend Mm -hmm. like that. Like I fully Mm -hmm. thought that's where it was going. I was just Mm -hmm. like, Oh, you just, Oh, Oh, you just cheated. Oh, thank God. God. (laughs) It's funny. The power of buildup and, and just ha- and even his his level of emotion. I got it. I got to give him credit. We all thought that. Yeah, he he yeah. knows how to tell a great story with a terrible ending. 
Yeah, all he's got to do is work on his endings, and he's a, a fantastic storyteller. We, yeah, I think we were I all mean, really expecting that to go in a different direction. For the context, yeah. I think it was the perfectly told story because it, if he just was like, yeah, once I got drunk and I like cheated on my girlfriend, it would seem like a really bad confession, I think, to a lot of women who are looking to commit to someone. But by building it up, like it might be something much worse. It makes it seem like, First of all, you're relieved that it's just cheating. Mm-hmm. Second mm-hmm. of all, you're like, he really understands the gravity of cheating because he thinks it's the worst <laughs> thing a person could ever do. He has like the, he, That's the worst thing that he's ever done or could imagine doing. And that's pretty yeah. comforting. So the other big conversation that we kind of see the whole confession for is Hunter. Hunter is the first to speak. And he talks about the relationship um, that his children are from. He says he met a woman and she was the woman he knew he was going to spend his life with. They got married. They had a daughter. By the time they had their son, he says he had shifted priorities. Um, he makes it sound like he was just working all the time, like, and he felt like he had to work so that they could have, so that his family could have everything they wanted. But mm-hmm. it was, quote, catastrophically ironic because mm. by being away all the time, focusing on other things, he was sort of destroying his relationship with his wife and they got divorced and he cries. He's like, I never imagined divorce for myself and now it affects our two kids. And I know when I have a marriage again, I will really cherish it. Um, so that's kind of, I think, the kind of conversation we would more likely typically have seen on a one-on-one um this episode kind of functions to speed up a lot of those conversations it's like if you have a big confession for katie don't save it for your one-on-one let's just Just do it now to the group it's like they almost just like glaze over the fact that aaron says twice that his like father had a stroke which seemed very traumatic but they Mm -hmm. they just sort of like intersperse a few little clips of him like my dad had a stroke yeah it was a little odd so yeah we're kind of getting these like big emotional moments um that then show up in sort of clip format with katie's katie's voiceover um and i would be pissed i think if i were on that date and i was put in that position where i had to share something it was a lot and then something like that was just taken out of context and put in a montage it's yeah like, i agree i, you I don't understand. even get the full emotional weight of what you're you're saying yeah of the thing like, that background. you forced me to do in the first place like, at least when you have a one-on-one date, a producer's like, so what are you going to talk to Katie about? And then you know that you'll have the time and that more or less that will be shown, maybe condensed, but it will be shown more or less. But to put them in that situation and then to take any of it out of context and thrown into a montage, is I felt was very icky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a little weird, like... It's a little it notable a that it's montage. a pretty diverse a date, montage. but the only guys who actually get their full stories told are white. Um, we just see mm. like the barest moments of David and Courtney um, and Aaron. Yeah, that's true. Like actually. all the other yeah. guys. And Thomas then, I guess we see most of what he says, but it's not really coherent. Like he's basically just like, I'm not here for the right reasons, but now I'm super into <laughs> now you. Now I am. <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> 
I mean, you can make a case that he's the most noble because he was there for the wrong reasons and he's elevated to the right reasons, whereas most people are there probably for slightly the wrong reasons. I think that's are. the argument he's trying to <laughs> yes. make. But uh, unfortunately, he's just opened himself up because the key to being there for any of the wrong reasons, which obviously every single person who goes on this show is there for a handful of different reasons, some of which by the like l- law of the show mm-hmm. would probably be considered the wrong ones. Uh, you're supposed to keep that to yourself. You oh, don't yeah. say it. Do not say it out loud. Thomas is the king of saying all the things you're not supposed to say, but then the rest of the time c- continuously BSing. Right. It's wild how he will just like throw out this very honest, like for the bachelorette, insanely honest thing. Um, yes, it's in a way it's the one of the few like red flags that I think actually isn't a character flaw in any way. Like it's I don't think it's a bad yeah. thing to go on the show thinking at least this will be good for my platform. We'll see what happens. I I don't think mm-hmm. that's a character flaw, but it is no. the most taboo thing you can say on the show. And he will just throw mm-hmm. that out there. And then everything else he says is so evasive and just like tailored to what she wants to hear yeah. He also just speaks in word salad and it like drives me crazy. <laughs> it's funny oh, you say yeah. that as Andy put in our recap, he was like, literally, you could just put 50 words in a grab bag and it gives the same meaning. <laughs> he's an <laughs> like, AI bot. He's just an AI bachelor bot. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Maybe he is. He's like one of those bots like on Twitter that just. Yeah, we fed we fed a different it. like bachelorette phrase every day. Yep. Yeah. They're like, we mm-hmm. fed a neural network like. 15,000 hours of bachelorette one-on-one dates and and this is the conversations that it has now that's Thomas it's about that level too you'd actually if you heard the bot saying what Thomas says you'd be like eh they could have done better probably didn't use a big (laughs) enough server tweak that algorithm a little bit you know you just can't improve on a human still you know despite how far technology has advanced (laughs) um so this kind of gets us through all the confessions you know those are the only real ones we hear in full. Although there's a hint that like maybe Courtney was unfaithful in some way. Aaron handled a breakup poorly. You know, we don't really see. Um, mm-hmm. And then Katie uh, gives her own confession. Yeah. And she, you know, talks about how she's known as this kind of sex positive, confident woman. Um, but she has not always like that version of herself has not always been there. Um, and she um, says that that 10 years ago on New Year's Eve, she was involved in a situation where she didn't give consent and she was sexually assaulted. And she says that she carried a lot of guilt and shame and wanted that to not have happened. So she actually tried to form a relationship with the man who had assaulted her and I just got goosebumps all over again even just hearing you repeat Mm -hmm. that yeah I mean it was a really powerful story that um I think probably was hard to hear for a lot of a lot of viewers and probably felt relatable to Mm -hmm. a lot of viewers and she what I thought was really important about is that she didn't just um disclose this assault but she also talked about kind of the long 
tale um, and the impact that this Mm -hmm. had had on her and her relationships and her relationship specifically with sex for many Mm -hmm. years after. You know, this happened a decade ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's something that we haven't really ever heard talked about on the show. And it felt really, really important. And I think it also really contextualized um, the importance of sex positivity, which on the season has mostly been kind of used as this odd buzzword to like catchphrase yeah this catchphrase to be like let's wave around a vibrator but in fact the reason that like sex positivity as sort of like a political movement exists is because like cultural shame and guilt around sex is incredibly damaging to people of all gender identities and it impacts the way that people move through their sexual experiences and doing away with that shame and that guilt um, is is better for everyone. Mm-hmm. Well said. Very well said. Mm-hmm. What a powerful story. And she was so courageous to share this. And everyone kept emphasizing she didn't have to. And I'm glad they emphasized that because she absolutely did not have to share this no. on the state at all, really. But I really, just how she went there with talking about how she did try to form a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... I think that's probably so much more common than people imagine. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I think a lot of people listening or their lives are better now because they're yes. like, oh, that actually is a thing. It's not just me. Yeah. And recognizing even if I bet you out there, millions of people watch the show, someone has done that or is currently Multiple doing that. Multiple people, yeah. Yeah. It was, as Andy said when we watched it, he was like, she just single-handedly made the world a better place. Yeah, I I love that she clearly had was prepared to talk about it, like really eloquently, um, rather than being in a position where she felt like she was pressured or mm-hmm. like had to just or say it was like it. her cue. Yeah, like it's her cue it now. was very very consciously Make us look done. Good. Yeah. yeah, and she mm-hmm. even she gave an interview that came out. Um, with the episode with Glamour, I think. With Glamour. Where she yeah. talked more about it. And she talked more in the episode about, like, how she fought, felt like she was really in control of this confession. And that was, like, empowering for her to let her feel like she was in charge and not the pain. Um, and that's not always the case. You know, like, when we see people doing these confessions on the show, even earlier in the episode, like, we were saying this very same date, it feels like the guys are put in a position where this is being kind of extracted from them and not necessarily mm-hmm. respected. Um, and Katie's story, um, conversely, is clearly something that she was emotionally prepared to do, um, mentally prepared to do in an eloquent and like healthy way that would help other people and that she could kind of have ownership over. And that's I think the only way to do confessions like this on this show in a way that doesn't cause harm um and so i appreciated that she had that level of of control over the situation Mm -hmm. yeah i want to note that some people did point out which i think probably would have been a good idea um they probably should have offered some sort of trigger warning at the top of the episode or flashed the rain hotline both before and after because i think it was a jarring kind of pivot that people weren't necessarily prepared for but otherwise I thought it was handled really well and I was glad to see that um at the commercial break after she made that disclosure um they did put the rain 
hotline um, up there. And Katie also shared resources on her social media. And I think the Bachelor Nation account did as well. So I was glad to see like at least some effort was made there um, by the show and the network to to put those resources out there. And Katie, yeah, she just we can't I don't think overstate how well she did to to really kind of express why it's important to process these things and talk about them. Yeah. And why it's important to have good communication around sex and not have it wrapped up in guilt or pressure or expectation, but to have it be something that is openly communicated and consented to. Um, so she really, she really nailed it. I think she was amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, to th- it honestly read like it, it read so per- she's just so good at speaking and expressing how she mm-hmm. feels. I so just- also so emotionally grounded. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, we agree on all fronts. No, it's very, it was impressive and it was cool. And it was another like watching that. I was like, Oh, this is why she's, I mean, obviously specifically in this situation, but like in general, like she is a good lead. She is someone who is capable of carrying the show and taking on um, really difficult conversations and engaging with them. And also like knowing how to talk about her own experiences in a way that um, communicates their weight and also doesn't like re-traumatize her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's, huge yeah yes and and she's she's 30 like she's an adult yeah. i just love having uh, an adult as the lead like a full like <laughs> brain too. fully developed adult who's had the chance to like to work through some of these things in the way that certainly when i was 24 or 25 i had not either we're gonna take a quick break but when we get back we'll have more with charlene and andy Springtime vibes are in the air, and when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming, you probably want to smell the flowers, not the litter box. But thanks to Pretty Litter, you'll be able to smell those spring flowers all you want. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odors. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. Pretty Litter's crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat. And if all of that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. You'll never run out. You won't have huge kitty litter bags taking up space. And even better, you won't have to lug those huge tubs from the store to your car or the subway and into your house. Our producer Talon has been using Pretty Litter and he just raves about how great it is, how easy it is to scoop how much better it smells. I mean, the health monitor aspect gives so much peace of mind. He's a big fan, and we know that you will be too. Go to prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. prettylitter.com slash LTSI. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 
timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quinn's cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quinn's only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. And we're back. So that brings us to the night date. Um, We see some of their nighttime looks, as we discussed earlier. James, I just want to call out, also committing to a very specific look, continues to kind of severely comb his hair away from a side part with like a gallon of gel to plaster it all firmly to his scalp. This is not a look that I think has been in vogue for quite some time it's a it's like the 30s gangster or the 20s gangster. (laughs) yes it's his entire that's his whole thing the whole thing is 20s i gotta say he's a bootlegger i'm living for james's style you love it Uh, yeah do you guys not like slicking my hair back should i like put like vaseline in my hair (laughs) you're like this is actually what charlene is into andy you've been taking notes taking notes it's his more coming out of a box more vaseline in my hair Yeah. Yeah. James's commitment, his sartorial commitment is just, it's impressive. Is it sartorial though? It is. Mm. It's Mm. the entire look. He doesn't skip any, any aspect. Three piece suits. Three piece suits. Three piece suits with a double breasted, double breasted breasted vest. Mm -hmm. That was a mouthful. And, and just even the accessories, the tie clip, the hair, it's old timey and I'm into it. Or it's a new timey guy who owns a club in Miami. It's it's could be both. It <laughs> He's could be bringing both. it back. Either or, really. He's bringing it back. I think. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, for me, I struggle to find the slick back hair appealing. Just like on a gut level, I just don't like it. But I do but appreciate the commitment. Similarly to Connor, I'm like these guys aren't afraid to deviate from the mean style wise, mm-hmm. and and I love that for for men to embrace that more in our society. Um, and the in these one-on-one the chats, the confessions continue to be kind of a major topic. Katie talks more about how liberating it was to share. The men all express that they want to open up more about themselves to her. We do not really get any new information about any of them. Uh, just them saying, I want to tell you more about myself, which was a little irritating. Um, so were there any moments that we specifically want to talk about before we get into the Thomas situation? Of we it have all? to touch on Justin. Yeah. I mean, Justin, Justin is coming up from behind. I'm, I know it doesn't seem like it yet, but he got a lot of airtime in this mm-hmm. episode. I was actually going to say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I mean, I like Justin. Don't get me wrong. But Andy why? actually really likes Justin, by the way. <laughs> He's also really cute. He's very cute. He is. He gives, he good gives reaction. great 
good reactions. <laughs> and great he's an face. amazing painter. He paints amazing roses. <laughs> We've seen it in action. Um, so we know he's definitely doing it himself. Which I I want to just call out. I love that they mm-hmm. show those those uh, mm-hmm. those full painting time. He's lapses. like the Bob Ross of uh, the Bachelorette. <laughs> but yeah, Justin, I felt like his one on one time, even though it was somewhat glossed over, it was the only time shown that wasn't really Thomas or Connor B, or even Aaron's was just used basically to show Thomas pacing in the background. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. feel like yeah. that Dark was notable. Dark Horse Justin. We're going to see more of him. Mm-hmm. He's, he's one of so. those frustrating people where it does seem like she likes him and they might be connecting, but we don't really see enough of it. It's just like yeah. them sitting down and being like, let's get to know all about each other. And then they take a little cute selfie together and we move on. Yeah. And I'm like, well, show me something that they learned yeah. about each other. Yeah. Um I have a feeling we're going to get a one-on-one with Justin I hope you're right. soon Definitely. and then we'll get to know him better. Like this felt like they were signaling to us, like start to pay attention to this person. We know there's a lot of dudes here yeah. still, but mm-hmm. like we hear from this David as well. Like, oh yeah, I'm so ready to open up to Katie. We don't even like see them sit down. Um, later she's like, David, you really stepped up today and opened up more to me. And I'm like, we saw zero of that. Zero. Like about what? Completely about off what? screen. What were, what were you open about? It's every time I see David, it looks like he's looking for where the buffet is. Like he's just completely <laughs> we love checked David. out. But I love him. David is one of my favorite contestants on this season. I'm not yeah. even kidding. I am obsessed with David. In these group shots where there's like an argument oh. going on, just look for David in the background. It's he the doesn't give one f. He's just out to lunch in, a, yeah. in the best way. In the best way. Yeah. Yeah, but it was funny. Katie did address a conversation that was had that we never saw. But what I loved was that she was like, "You've expressed being uncomfortable, you know, in this." situation and under these circumstances which I really relate to and it really made his behavior add up which is you know him just sort of being in the background and not really voicing an opinion very often but I do wish we had seen that conversation just because I love David so much baby show us show us what's going on instead we get lots of Thomas so so much Thomas she sits Mm. down with Thomas and she she wants to get down down to brass tacks. She's like, you mentioned in your meandering confession that you have a lot of red flags that I might want to know about. What are they? Like, we're in private now. Tell me. And he says, my biggest thing I wanted you to know is in getting here, I didn't ask for you. Does mm. this mean that he's confessing that he didn't want her to be bachelorette? I didn't know any other way to read this. This was a perfect example of him being too honest about something he did not need to be honest about. Because as I said in our recap, you know, in the casting process, you are usually more or less cast or about to be officially cast by the time they announce who the next lead is. So he didn't need to ask for her. Most people don't ask. Uh, You know, they might say, who would you like to be the bachelor or bachelorette? But it's not like that is, you know, considered when casting you. It does no, just start it, to feel like negging. Like he's like, I just wanted you to know. <laughs> just wanted so you to know this true. thing that might make you feel insecure that actually doesn't matter at all. Um, and then yeah. he follows oh, the, that up by love bombing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Thomas is one part totally inappropriate truth and nine parts BS. Yes. <laughs> That's, it's that's a heady mix. That's, that's the Thomas drink. It's really working on Katie. <laughs> yeah. She's wasted on it. 
She's mm-hmm. like, everything we've gone through in our lives to get to this point, I believe when two people come together in circumstances that could never possibly be obtainable and have a connection like that, it's for a reason. And Katie's mm-hmm. like, you're saying so many words and none of them mean anything. And Katie's but they don't even go crazy. in the right order. They're not in the right order. <laughs> no, no. These circumstances could never nonsense. possibly be obtainable. Um, <laughs> and Katie's like, you're dodging the question, like just FYI. And he's and like, he's like I'm not. Wow. And then continues. He's like, ask me anything. And she's like, I no don't know what flags. to ask. Just you said there are red flags. What are they? And he continues to not answer the question. He's just like, mm-hmm. every day I'm here, this gets realer and realer. I don't ever want a second of doubt to come into the feelings that we have and the things that I feel and I think you feel are just. The, sorry, the, the feelings mm. I feel mm-hmm. and the things. I think thing. you feel right. Are just <laughs> they're different things. Are just I'm not going to say it's a certain word, but it's developing to something. My intention on this is that we're leaving, getting married. Ideally, where would you want to live? Because we could buy a house anywhere and figure uh, it out. Yeah, he's flashing the box right there. <laughs> I know. I was like, Thomas, Monty, are you Monty saying Carlo, you're rich? Baby? <laughs> Oh, he's like, I may be full of shit and have nothing to say, but I can get you a nice house. <laughs> I can get you a house anywhere. Mm-hmm. If you can get me a house in Manhattan, then like, all right, I will leave yeah. my husband. Anyone's <laughs> offering. Um, and Katie is a little bowled over by this. She's like, um, to be determined. And she stands. And she stands. The time is over. And Thomas is That's like, a big deal. I fucked up. This- the standing mm-hmm. is a big deal. She really? was not interrupted. Oh, you do not want to stand. No, you don't want your lead to no. stand mid-conversation. No, especially without a kiss. Yeah. Oh, she was. Oh, well, I love that none of it works on her. Like, she just she saw right through it. What's funny, Although she does kiss him later. I, I know that she. She is kind of intoxicated by Thomas. But in this moment, she's just like, you're not answering my questions and I'm annoyed. Mm-hmm. But later he comes back and does the same shit. And she's like, oh, my God. Yes, we feel things for each other and they make out. Yeah. And- I mean, I get it. I'm a little intoxicated by Thomas. To be frank. <laughs> He's a good looking dude. He said yeah. a lot of words. A yeah, I, I mean, it's endearing. His his lack of ability to communicate is almost endearing to me. <laughs> and-, and we've long thought that Katie and Thomas, I mean, she they just have major chemistry. Mm hmm. And he I think just we've all wants been to there. make out with him is the truth. And she's yeah. like, God, he's saying so many words to me. I'm so tired. Let's just like make out. Yeah. You were be kind done of with like this. That. He's not going to tell me his season. red flags. What'd you say? On your season, you kind of had a little. Oh, bit of I that. fully had a bit of that on my season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Charlene was just like, I really, really want to make out with this guy. I don't want to hear any more of his talking. <laughs> Shh, stop talking. No, no. <laughs> no, no, sweetie. <laughs> Let me shushy with my mouth. Um, so, uh, Thomas is like, he knows he fucked up. He gets the message from her standing up. He's like, I gotta fix this, even if the guys all hate me. So, it's, Aaron is having a moment with Katie. Aaron is already suspicious of Thomas ever since his display in the group confession. And they're all kind of throwing around accusations. Like, James is saying, oh, it's not believable that Thomas could pivot from the intention to build a platform, to suddenly being there for love. That's too big of a shift. And Aaron is like, I just can't imagine that Katie would be Thomas's type. Mm. I felt like that was kind of a revealing thing to say. 
Yeah, definitely. And you think that? He, I mean, I I bought I bought it. I gotta say, I believe that he thinks that. What yeah, I also I believe, believe is like that. if you're looking at. I mean, Thomas and Aaron are both, like, handsome guys who are on The Bachelor, Bachelorette. Why does Aaron think that Katie could not be attractive to Thomas? Like, if a guy that I was dating was like, oh, you'd never be his type, I would be like, excuse me? I'm hot shit. I think they're they're competitive. He knows that Thomas is his kind of doppelganger in in that season, and he feels competitive with him. You think that's that's all it is? I think Aaron and Thomas. If I had to say who, like it was like one of those games where you match the cards. You ever play that game when you're a kid? You know, like things Memory? that are like each other. <laughs> yeah. Like I would match Aaron and Thomas. They're like a pair. Okay, so you think he did that to sort of just like he did it that, that out of just he competition. He knows he's competing with, with Thomas. That's the way I felt. Mm. If I was him, like I'm if going the guy to... looked exactly like me or similar to me, I, I would feel competitive with him too on The Bachelorette. I'm going to a slightly darker place with this. Wow. I And I'm not talking about looks at all. I'm just talking about personality and intelligence. But I just, I think that Aaron is on to something. I don't know if Thomas needs or even fully recognizes what Katie is and has to offer. Interesting. Okay. Mm. I have a more cynical view on Aaron from this. Oh, interesting. I don't okay. think he's what? necessarily wrong per se. I am suspicious of of Thomas as well. But like whenever a guy is like, I don't think he could be into her. I'm like, well, why don't you think she is appealing enough that he could be into her? Like if I'm I would want all the guys to think all the other guys are genuinely into me. Oh, that's interesting. We both have cynical views, but in different ways. Right? <laughs> who knows? I'm just a little skeptical of a guy who would be like, oh, I'm sure he's not into her. Like, how could he be into her? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm skeptical. Also icky. But in fairness, Thomas is kind of the bad guy in this scenario because Aaron finally gets time with Katie and is sharing about his father's stroke in more detail, which happened when Aaron was around 19. And... Thomas just kind of wanders up and is like, can I have Katie now? He's not want. He does not wander up. He lurks for an extended amount of time in like the amount of distance that he can hear a very intimate conversation. And both Aaron and Katie are like, I'm creeped out by this. I was like, this is Thomas. <laughs> I thought this was a bad move, but then it sort of worked. So... I, maybe yeah. I was wrong. Yeah, Thomas is like, I need to share something with Katie. Aaron is like, okay. And Thomas sits down and says, it was put on my heart so heavy after our conversation. I had to come talk to you. Fear and love are two very similar things rooted in the same concept. Like, did he take a, a, a course from Carl before Carl left? <laughs> he says, when I look at you, I feel both of them so strongly at the same time I couldn't leave without letting you know how special I see you and how special feeling that fear was again I haven't felt that way in as long as I can remember then the closed caption describes the sound that he makes after this as a groan Um, (laughs) and Katie is bedazzled she is bewitched she loves his passion she's so happy he's here He's just doing the same thing as before, but it's I, working for her this time. Do you, but do you think I, she actually bought it? Or no, do you think I, she... I, I know what's happening here. I've been here before. 
like sometimes you're so physically attracted to someone and they may be terrible, but you can't stop it. It's just, it's a runaway train and you're just a victim of their attractiveness. And I think Katie cannot overcome Thomas's amazing good She's looking for reasons to get back on board the Thomas. She's just like, he has a square jaw. He seems really into me. I want to make out with him. Like, Mm -hmm. let's end this conversation and make out. That was sort of my read. And their makeouts are hot. Remember, they had the the, the pulling on the lap makeout, which is like, that's a high level makeout. Yeah, that is. That is a high level. (laughs) And this is sort of where Thomas turns among the men into like the prime villain. Like we've been, we've been building there. I don't know if you noticed all of the like, very intense villainous music cues he started to get like yeah. every time he spoke dun, yeah dun, but dun, speaking dun, of dun. of heavy-handed things the music cues were really telling you how to feel about in this case guy. you didn't know already <laughs> he's very bad so uh thomas returns to the group and the men are immediately all over him they're like you interrupted someone's time aaron says that was super disrespectful to me and then he says, I thought you had a specific person, to, uh, purpose to talk to Katie. And Thomas says, I did. That purpose was to tell her how I feel about her. And Aaron mm. says, that's what I was doing. So you're saying your time is worth more than mine. And Thomas is like, yeah. Um, and then Aaron says, well, I was trying to respect you because I thought it was something important. And Thomas says, well, yeah. So I told Katie I was falling in love with her. Um, check the tape. Doesn't seem like he did tell her he was falling in love with her. He actually said, I'm not going to say it's a certain feeling. Yes. And that was in the previous conversation. In the conversation they're referring to. Yes, the to, first conversation. He says nothing of the kind. Yeah. And he says, well, I'm sorry, Aaron. I'm sorry. It's something you'll never understand. And the men are pretty annoyed by this they think he's being very disrespectful to all of them they're very nice boys and they don't deserve this and at that point they think he's telling the truth yeah yeah exactly Mm -hmm. it's a really alarming moment is where he leans into that lie just out of convenience to avoid blame in that moment as as if that would even avoid blame thomas is really stepping on the integrity of this franchise and i won't stand for it (laughs) (laughs) i mean I just want to also flag like the intensity of language that Aaron deploys when he doesn't like someone that I really noted throughout. I think he says at one point Thomas is like a sociopath. Oh, we're getting to that later. Oh, we're getting to that. But he says here like that Thomas is a cancer that he needs Mm. to be cut out. I mean... Yeah. Just a lot of very, very intense yeah. language. Aaron goes ramps right to 11. We should have known from the way he was with Cody, who, as best as I can tell, put some things on Instagram that he didn't like. Are you serious? Is uh, that what it was? Well, later when he explained it, he was like, he posted some things on social media that really seemed malicious. Yeah, they yeah, weren't Aaron, even friends. Aaron I don't. does not shy away from conflict. That said, I he did does enjoy not, him. And I, that makes me not quite trust his judgment because it seems like any action that frustrates him is like dealt with at the same level and you need to be able to differentiate you know yeah. the punishment needs to fit the crime he's going That's to true. Thomas like don't look at me man just pretend we don't even know each other you're disgusting and repulsive um, but basically Katie comes back gives Connor B the group date rose 
And then the conflict kind of continues for a little bit after she leaves for the night. And Connor B uh, accuses Thomas of toying with Katie's emotions by saying that he was falling in love with her. And this is when Thomas says, oh, I didn't say I loved her. I said, you can't have fear without love. So like something completely different. Like no difference. He just he literally just lies out of convenience. Yeah. It's like he's he really thought digging himself a hole. Here. Yeah, he thought saying that he told Katie that he was falling in love with her would help him in that scenario. And then later when that was used against him, then he was like, Oh no, I didn't. Well, he's, he's playing the game. He's he's trying to play the game too hard. Thomas? He's treating the the, the show as a game, which it kind of is, and he's it playing is. too hard. He's there's no nuance. Yeah, I, I he's agree. He's not with savvy. That. He's not savvy at all. He thinks uh, he's and savvy. And this play mm. doesn't even work on any level. At the end of the date, Connor B gets the rose. He doesn't even get the rose, and all the men now hate him. Um, <laughs> right. So, and have like two different crimes to be able to, you know, bring up again and again against yeah. him. Uh, meanwhile, back at the house, the men are just lounging cozily in their athleisure. And it's time for the one-on-one date, which goes to Michael. Love is an adventure. Love, Katie. Michael really needs this date. He didn't get one at all last week. Plus, he has some big things to talk to Katie about. Um, Fortunately, they're going to have a beautiful dune-bugging date. Is that what they're doing? Through the desert brush. Uh, Katie actually, while she's practicing, flips her vehicle fully onto its top and has to be rescued um but they still let her drive the dune buggy to pick up michael um, how badass is she like that camera on her she was like whoops oh, yeah. <laughs> completely Oopsie. hanging upside down i would have been having like a panic attack yeah. i would have been fully crying i would have yeah. been like i'm suing you like how could you put me in this position <laughs> she was so chill uh, yeah there was a teaser i believe there was a teaser in the previews of the season which i hate when they do this they showed that dune buggy then they show an ambulance yeah. they're like oh wow someone died like no she just was having fun yeah she got <laughs> a really bad bruise though yeah, she did. She had, her neck was a little sore, so it was okay. kind of serious. <laughs> so uh, Michael is prepared to talk to Katie about his late wife. And it's clear that, I mean, his wife died around two years before this. It's clear that she's still very present in his mind. Um, but he's also, it seems like genuinely into Katie and is really excited about the prospect of finding love again so they stop for their like champagne picnic and he tells her that you know he has a son at home he would leave if he didn't see something between them but he feels like she's really special and then he starts to dig a little deeper and he says you know I felt selfish for leaving my son um, but he deserves the happiest dad and he has this pause now to invest in himself and take another look at what his life could look like away from kind of the everyday responsibilities of being a single parent and katie says well yeah your son is learning from you from how you are in the world and one of the greatest lessons in life is love and michael says i hear this ends in an engagement but actually it begins in an engagement katie Mm. loves this and then they just like hardcore make out against 
the dune buggy. I Our producer, Harry, points out that they're clearly wasted here. I'm just so used to people <laughs> making out madly against vehicles that I like didn't even notice, but they're mm-hmm. definitely drunk. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice either. I didn't notice that. I, I was more distracted by his noticed, hand. <laughs> I just noticed that Michael had better moves. So yes. maybe the alcohol helped, but he, he had... That kiss went way uphill from... Yeah, that was like two. a that was like an eight point seven five kiss as compared to like a six at best on the first one. <laughs> it was, We've been rating yeah, the I kisses. Michael came talk. in with some good energy. He was like confident mm-hmm. and just has a, a really nice like connection with Katie. I was much more into him than I thought like from night one than I was going to be. Totally he's, agree on that. Yeah, point. we're all in the same. We actually there. weren't even, if I'm honest, we weren't huge Michael fans. No, I was really? actually. Not, I did thought I was like, we eh. yeah, he just felt like a little too automatically into her for me, which I'm always suspicious of. Mm-hmm. But man, was I wrong. This it was hard to leave this episode and not be completely obsessed with Ma- Michael. Michael is the guy to beat. <laughs> I just want to circle back a bit to what you said, Claire, when you were quoting him on why he went on the show. And I just, I feel like that needs attention, which is why you go on this show Mm -hmm. the pausing and investing in yourself thing is Mm -hmm. the reason to go on this show and i feel like people don't really talk about that enough and i just love that he went there and you fully believe it i don't think michael is trying to pivot his career using instagram michael may be the most there for the right reasons guy on this season i as the person with the kid often is honestly and I mean, he's had extreme tragedy. You know, he's trying to sort of go yes. out of his comfort zone. Uh, okay, so we'll get to that. Yeah, Sorry. no, I yeah. I had even starting here and even more so later, this brought up a lot of stuff for me. So I'm going to be like even more heartfelt than I usually am during this portion. But like my uh, my dad was widowed when he had kids um, who were at home, like older than than Michael's son, but still needed daily care and was dating um, during that time. And so the way that Michael talked about this really hit a lot of like emotional pressure points for me. And I just loved the way that he was so self-possessed and thoughtful about it. And um, when he said that his son deserved the happiest dad, I was like, that sounds like so like self-serving, but it's so true. Like you don't want a parent who is, you know, miserable because they think that's better for you, um, whose life is defined by grief. Like it's better, it's good, it's healthy to like pursue a full and happy life and for your child to see that that's what people deserve. And that Mm -hmm. that like touched me Um, because obviously when I was a kid and my dad was dating, I was much less understanding um, as Mm -hmm. a very annoying 13 year old, but um, (laughs) I liked seeing it from this angle and it reminded me of when you're on a plane and they're like, put your oxygen mm. mask on yourself yeah. before your kid. Right. It's like, it, it makes sense. You, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The happy uh, dad thing is real. The happy parents thing is real. Absolutely. Real. And the night portion of this date was obviously like very intense. I was fully weeping watching mm. him talk to, to Katie. You know, they they sit down and he very quickly kind of gets into his story and he says like if you want to understand me and why I'm here you need to understand my story and he says that 
16 years ago, he saw his wife, Laura, on campus. And, like, he just thought, like, that's it. Um, And they started dating right away. And they got married in 2012. They had their son in 2016. And he said life was perfect. And Mm -hmm. then seven months after their son was born, his wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, And he's sort of choking up talking about how courageous and graceful she was as, you know, her illness progressed and their kind of like desperation to get into clinical trials and like her hair falling out because of the chemo. Um, And it was just heartbreaking. And he says in January 2019, she passed away. She was in a room full of people that she loved. And on that day, I was happy she wasn't in pain anymore. And that was just like, I'm like tearing up even just just reading his words back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says what I thought was like the most beautiful part of the episode. He's like, you know, I've taken time and I'm in a place where I'm ready to kind of like open up and explore love again. He says, quote, what a gift to be able to fall in love twice. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like literally tearing yeah. up. I just thought that was that was so beautiful like what a a lovely observation um and way to to frame it as like in a way that that didn't at all downplay you know the importance and the significance mm-hmm. of his love with his wife and also didn't close him off to having you know a new relationship that could be different and and beautiful in in its own way Mm-hmm. Yeah. So agree. We're on the same page yeah. there. Nothing to add there. It was, yeah, I mean, it also it wasn't a dry eye in the room. He also <laughs> makes it makes it more desirable for Katie to be involved with him. You know, like she obviously is always going to think like, "Oh, my second best to your." your yeah, your I love. Okay, I ex- love that she went there. I know we're skipping ahead a bit, yeah. but when she said, "You know, it would be a, a lot of people in this position." Yeah. Or in her position, jealous m- of, a, might of be someone concerned. who's not even around anymore. Yeah, and and he's and basically response... saying you can be another another best. Yeah, you don't have to be better than my. He wife. said it's... You could just be another best. He said, "Well, it would be my job to make sure that what we share is unique and our own." Mm-hmm. And I have no doubt we could do that. I'm. By the way, that was off the top of my head. <laughs> I've, I've spent a lot of time on this episode, clearly. <laughs> but yeah, there was a really beautiful, tragic but beautiful moment. It, I, you know, in her ITM after, I felt like Katie's emotions just perfectly mirrored what we were all feeling at home where she said, I'm so sad for his tragedy, for, for how sad his story is, but I'm also weeping because it's so beautiful what he said and I'm just the possibilities there. Yeah. Yeah. There's something different about how this plays out, I think, than a lot of the single parent conversations on this show. I think mm-hmm. because... Michael is so well-spoken and thoughtful about this, but also because Katie is so, I think, sort of wise and has so much perspective on this. Like, she's not yeah. here for a fairy tale. Like, she she's not obsessed with, you know, the things that I certainly was obsessed with when I started my dating life. Like, you know, I want to be the the ultimate dream woman for my partner I don't want him to have ever loved anyone as much as me Mm -hmm. like that's how I will find value and Katie has a much more like I think mature approach toward building a family and a life with a partner that really shone through here um Mm -hmm. 
and I just I I actually really could see them together at the end of this I don't know if they'll end up together but I do feel like they both see that like maturity and that readiness to have just like a real not fairy tale just like happy family together that is built Mm -hmm. in the everyday ways that you that you build a family um, Andy's 100% convinced now that Michael is winning. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I think they'd be very sweet together. Yeah, I agree. But I told him that it shows his greenness with the franchise. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's a nice thought, Andy. Oh, I don't oh, think yeah. so. But I would, I would love to see it. I would yeah. love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and this really, yeah, it just hit on, hit on a lot for me including like just triggering some of the really immature feelings I had when I was a kid. And I was like, if you, you know, fall in love again, did you ever really love my mom? You know, just like really just like childish things. And it's, it's so profound to me to like reprocess that as an adult. And I do that like all the time. I think about it all the time, but to see them processing it. And so eloquently I loved and, and to see him talking about something that my dad really proved to me, which is that if you really love your spouse very deeply and have a good marriage, then it's a great tribute in a way to want that again with someone else and to be able to build oh, that again. And I see so that with well my dad done. and my stepmom. And now I'm crying. Oh, God. I'm we're crying. Move on. Um, <laughs> that is so beautiful. It is mm-hmm. a, a tribute. Yeah. It yeah. was so wonderful that you want to find that again. Yeah, and, and not so replace it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that was it's so yeah. easy to give crying. up. It's so e- it's no, it's so easy to give up. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's really yeah exactly not replace but find it again and um yeah. so back at the house. Meanwhile, there's some very immature behavior happening. Um, yeah, we re- we really pivot <laughs> from like the most emotionally mature, beautiful connection to just like Thomas word salad and a lot of very aggro emotions. Yeah, the there's a there's a full like campaign being waged both against Thomas and perhaps by Thomas for Thomas. For the soul of the house. Thomas has endorsed Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> giving Thomas his vote. And Hunter tries to handle this by pulling Thomas aside and just trying to convince him to change his behavior. He says, you know, your integrity is being called into question in the house. If you have this I don't give a fuck attitude about the guys, it's going to backfire. Like, you need to kind of make this right. And Thomas says, well, I can't even think about all that because my love with Katie could be sky high and I just want to like soar with the eagle. He's like, that's all that matters, um, basically. And Hunter says, well, you know, I super don't care about that. That's great if you're in love, whatever. Just like, please don't ruin another rose ceremony. And Thomas is like, whatever, man. Sure. Uh, I don't care. So this doesn't seem to be a successful gambit, but Hunter is like, I did what I could. Meanwhile, Aaron is out there being like, Thomas is hugely sociopathic. He's genuinely just a manipulative psychopath. It's annoying. Um, (laughs) I too find 
dangerous sociopaths to be somewhat annoying. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know you've got a huge sociopath on your hands. Yeah, like, like, Jeff, really, Jeffrey like, Dahmer. Have... Jeffrey Dahmer is super yeah, annoying. Yeah, just annoying. Yeah. It's like, like oh, God. Oh, Stop it, guy. Jeffrey. It's so annoying. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, the men are comparing notes, and they're like, Thomas told some of us that he did tell Katie he was falling in love with her. Other people, he says he didn't say that. Some of us, he told both things. They're all getting pretty riled up about this and when they all assemble in the common area presumably for a day card reading or one of these common area situations where they all stand facing the camera or sit um hunter decides to address it publicly um he says thomas i've been hearing from people that you're telling them a different story than you told last night there's flip-flopping you're smiling like a suspicious amount and it makes us feel bad it doesn't feel genuine, and I think you want to be Bachelor. And Thomas says, well, I would never do anything to hurt you, Hunter, and I'm so sad if it came across that way. And Hunter says, well, that's the problem. You know how to have conversations and come across well, and I feel manipulated. I'm worried that you're doing that with Katie and hiding your desire to be Bachelor behind a smokescreen of nice words that make her feel good. Have you ever thought about being Bachelor? Ever? And Thomas says, thank you for coming to me directly. I don't have the right answer for you right now. You know, one of my issues is I always felt I had to smile and say the right thing. And that's not who I was. He sounds like an answering (laughs) machine, like some sort of service where you're like, press two. And you say like, you're like yelling, like, no, pay the bill. And they're like, ah, thank you for coming to me directly about your bill problem. Oh, you want our logistics department. (laughs) Exactly. Is that right? Like. He, like, asks a very direct question, and Thomas is like, I do not have the answer to that right now. (laughs) And then, for some reason, instead of even just, like, committing to the obfuscation, he, like, he's like, actually, yeah, I did think about being the bachelor. I'm going to go with honesty. He says, quote, I'm not going to be disingenuous to you guys. Coming in, being a bachelor was a thought on my mind. Disingenuous is just an original bachelorism. I think it was minted on The Bachelor, and it continues Mm -hmm. to circulate there. They, it's conversating and disingenuous. (laughs) Disingenuous might even be more more. I think conversating might actually be a word. I think think it is a word. Yeah. Oh well, it shouldn't be. I actually (laughs) learned that it was a word from watching Bachelor in Paradise. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great place. I thought it was converse. They're both words. Well. Yeah. It, it certainly can be converse. You can say conversing. They're both words. She's saying they're both words. If you want to yeah. just throw in an extra syllable, if you're like a utilize right. instead of use person. <laughs> yes. mm, totally. Yes. Yeah, that's Thomas right there. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, so Thomas is like, that's gone now. I no longer think about being Bachelor. No one believes him. Trey is like, listen, you don't just say that. I can't believe he said it. You just think it. You just think it all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I want to see, I want whoever is the bachelor for next season, which I know it's probably not going to be Thomas now. (laughs) I want them to take a lie detector test. Yeah. Did Did you you go on that season thinking about about being the bachelor? Did it, not even did you go in with that express goal, but did it ever cross your mind that that might be a possibility? (laughs) I was like, Hunter, you're really like, 
Yeah. You're really creating, you know, a criminal tribunal over like a very small offense. It's thought here. crimes like, is what we're working with it's here. It's thought yeah. crimes. That's what I, w- I literally thought that to myself. I was like, oh my God. Thinking yeah. about I thought mean, crimes between... is also a thought crime. I'm sorry. I know. I mean, <laughs> we're living in 1980. They're, they're between him and, and Mike the Virgin. I think they're, they're creating like a fascist state on The Bachelorette. Like you have to really, I, I, it's true. Creating, like that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, The yeah. Bachelor is a fascist state, Andy. Oh. Welcome. <laughs> the rules are absolute and they're always changing. One person is in charge and their word is final. It's wow, right. kind of terrifying. Um, 1984. But <laughs> I mean, the crazy thing is that the best way to prove that he's being genuine about being in Tacadia and not wanting to go on as Bachelor is to publicly say that he wants to be Bachelor because you got to know that that completely for all time blows up your chances of being the Bachelor. Yes, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. He made the that one big rule about The one rule about Bachelor is don't talk about being Bachelor. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's Fight true. Club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this show is like Fight Club in more ways than one, but that's one of the most <laughs> important ones. You mean the commentary on end stage capitalism and postmodernism. <laughs> we don't have any more time in this episode, but <laughs> this is where we end. Uh, yeah. Any Actually. final thoughts, uh, Charlene, Andy, before we say goodbye? Um, well, what's interesting about Thomas saying I did think about becoming The Bachelor. I was really trying to find a way for this to be frankenbitten and taken out of context. And while I do think it might have been with a yes, is when we see someone else. So the yes is Frankenbitten or a voiceover, and then it cuts to his face. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible he said it in a longer explanation of his expectations coming in, and it was just sort of singled out and put with a yes in front of it. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, at the end of the day, we saw it coming out of his mouth. It's just, su- it's such a faux pas. Again, it's the, <laughs> the unnecessary truth. Mm-hmm. Like why, you should be bullshitting about this, mm-hmm. <laughs> not all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he can't get really out of his own way. He really has. Yeah, he's got it flipped. Yeah. He bullshits about the things that shouldn't be bullshitted about. And yes. should be bullshitting when he's telling the truth. It's true. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, and despite uh, Aaron saying, oh, well, he's smarter than Carl about this. He's a really, really good, subtle villain. I disagree. I think he's playing this super badly. And uh, it's only a matter of time for him, in my mind, at this point. And on that note, I think we got to wrap things up. Thank you guys for joining us. This has been a delight. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, always our pleasure. Yes. Now it's time for Love to See It, Hate to See It, where we pick one moment we actually loved and one we hated from this week's episode and rate them from one to five. Five means we really, genuinely, powerfully loved or hated this moment. And one means, and we had a feeling. So let's do this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to start us off with love. Uh, A bachelor union, uh, short-lived but beautiful display of bachelor solidarity. It wasn't like a true union in many senses, including that it was actually formed to protect their boss. But I still loved seeing them come together. And so I am going to give that a 3.5. And for me, it's weird to say I love this. That's perhaps not the right language. But it was very cool to see open and honest conversations about difficult things like sexual assault and like grief 
um, and consent. So I guess I do I do love to see those open and honest and vulnerable and sensitive conversations being had on a show like The Bachelorette. So I'm going to give that a four. Um, also, honorable mention for me, just men crying. I love I love seeing men cry. It's just like a thing for me. So we got lots of good man tears. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Uh, next, hate to see it. I'm going to go with everyone falling right back into the stupid wrong reasons hunt almost immediately after Carl leaves. It reminds me, if you watch The Circle on Netflix, of the hunt for catfish within the social network. It really doesn't matter if they're there or whether you find them. As long as the feelings are real, it doesn't matter if someone came on for, quote unquote, the wrong reasons. It's a distraction. It just creates drama. But I do love drama, so I'm going to give it a two. And I want to call out Carl just really trying to prove his manliness by wildly punching the air. I mean, Andy did say he had good form, so I'll give him that. Um, But I'm just going to say masculinity is very broken. So I'm going to give that one a three. And this week we're going to try something new. We want to start rating these episodes overall on a scale of one to ten. And in honor of Katie's sex positivity, we're going to rate this season episode by episode on a scale of how sex positive that week's episode was. What do you think, Emma? I feel like this one is actually pretty high up there. Um, A seven, maybe even an eight. Like Katie really made a powerful and direct case for the value of communication openness around sex while talking about her past sexual assault. Um, I thought that conversation was incredibly impactful. And I think it took sex positivity from this sort of like catchphrase buzzwordy thing into the realm of like understanding why something like being open and honest about sex without shame is, is so important and can literally contribute to safety. Yeah, it both was sex positive and actively made the case for why it matters on a deep and profound level. Um, So I agree. I think that's a 7.58 for me. And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our wonderful guests, Charlene Joint and Andy Levine. Of course, remember to follow them on social and check out their amazing podcast, Dear Shandy, um, and their Instagram account at Dear Shandy. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Sarah Patterson. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please, please, please help us out. Rate us five stars and leave a review. It really helps new people come to the show. And if you want to get in touch, you can always email us at clareandemmapod at gmail.com and find us on Twitter at love to see it pod and Instagram at clareandemmapod. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back next week for week four of Katie's Journey. Stitcher. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... 
I have a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. 